All right, Boz, here we go. More here user go. submitted contact uh, content. Yep. This is a question from Beck Jacob, and he posted this on very not random number 49 on the BTWB YouTube channel, and it grabs your attention. So he's, he's doing did. something right. Indeed. So it's about a paragraph. And it's fresh off the, uh, fresh yeah. off the press as, as well. Yeah, as, which as is we record nice. this, 49 was just posted. So here we go. This is what he has to write. It's about a paragraph, but it's worth, it's worth reading. Pat Boz, this is a little off topic, but here it goes. I'm f- uh, 50 years old, about to have surgery to repair a torn rotator cuff and bicep tendon that has gone misdiagnosed for the past 10 years. I know my recovery is going to be slow and long, but in terms of rebuilding strength and positional stability for things like handstand holds, overhead press, ring dips, etc. in my shoulder, once I'm cleared by the doctor to do so, what do you recommend as good foundational starting points? FYI, I'm a garage, I love this, I'm a garage gym functional fitness athlete, aka an aspiring CrossFitter. <laughs> so I, do, I don't have an affiliate. I don't have a coach to help me out. Uh, I really resonate with what you both said about embracing the basics. And one of my mantras during my military career was brilliance in the basics. Thanks, Beck. So long story short, Beck's 50. God bless him has had his torn rotator cuff and bicep mm. tendon misdiagnosed for a decade about to get it taken care of and what are some good what are some good things to start rebuilding that and i love the fact that you know at 50 years old one of the things he's mentions is like you know looking to get that handstand hold back which is super yeah. cool <laughs> absolutely yeah i mean a couple of things jump out to me right away first is he's got the right attitude i think that yeah, uh, you know, the, what was it? The basics. Uh, what was yeah, the line? Brilliance in the basics. Me. Brilliance in the basics. Yeah, that's such a great foundation to be working from. And if that's already kind of your headspace, I think you've got a huge leg up because a lot of people, when they have these little setbacks that come on through normal life, you know, whatever it might be, in this case, an injury, um, and, and doing the right thing by getting your injury taken care of, mm-hmm. uh, there can be this rush to try to get back to what you perceived as what you could do before or what you, quote, should be able to do. And that is always a kryptonite to not not just like training happiness, but training progress. So to start at the bedrock of I am only interested in the basics and I'm fundamentally centered there, that is a huge huge advantage. So I would, I would say that that is number one, don't lose that attitude. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, number two, I love that, uh, there is some aspiration there and the aspiration doesn't necessarily revolve around. It's gotta be huge weight, right? There's already some discussion about positional importance. How do I get overhead again? How do I get to a handstand? You know, um, yeah, those are going to be challenges when you're coming back from something like a shoulder injury, uh, especially when you've got surgery um, that you're going to be rehabbing from. So it's cool that there's already some goals being established, which is awesome. So the combination of those two things, work on the basics and understand that those need to take priority and something to reach towards. I think those are an awesome tandem approach right there. Agreed. And a path to get there with the basics. 
Agreed. And I like the fact also, I mean, who only knows what sort of disclaimers we have to have in certain topics like this? I like the fact that he's obviously going to go to a medical professional. He's going to make sure that he's <laughs> cleared hot before he goes yeah. down this path. I mean, those things that you would hope are just fundamental. Yes, he plans on doing that. I would also say if anybody has not, they should go way back and listen to a very not random number five. And that was entitled Working Out with an Injury. And that mm-hmm. will have uh, some overlap to what we're talking about here. But it's been a bit since we've, since we've gone down this path. What There's several things I like about this, and you've touched on some of them. And I don't want to say that uh, that the movements that you choose to come back are less important but I'm almost going to say that because, <laughs> because you could choose the most perfect uh, repertoire of movements, but if your ego gets in the way, you are doomed, my friend, right? So in yeah. my mind, from somebody who has been very mean to their body over the course of their life and not through CrossFit, through countless motorcycle wrecks, I don't know how I'm still alive, and, and dumb things in the military that have just crushed my body and had to come back several times, patience it's so hard when you're used to operating at a decent level and having all your limbs work whatever it happens to be and then something gets taken from you and life becomes hard and all you want to do is get back to where you used to be it can be so Mm -hmm. tempting to rush that progress and i have seen far too many people myself included let that ego or that impatience get the best of you not take the long-term approach and you rush to get back to 80% for the rest of your life. Instead Mm -hmm. of, had I done it right and sucked it up, I could have actually come back to 100% and been there forever. So I would not rush to get back to 80%. You know, take, take your time, do things right, which may include you scaling in ways that hurt your ego, lifting loads that are so light that you haven't touched it, you know, since 10 years ago, Put all of that to the side and try to have in your vision the quality of life that you would like to maintain, the range of motion you'd like to have in that shoulder, how useful it is to have two shoulders that work really well, and keep that kind of goal center center focus, I would say. Yeah, for sure. And to piggyback on that, as I am want to do more more often when you make a good point there, Pat, is you, you've got to celebrate those steps along the way as you start to make progress, because, you know, post-injury, you're going to make a lot of progress, even if it doesn't feel that way comparative to what you used to be able to do. Mm -hmm. But you have to celebrate that and you have to acknowledge that you're taking some legitimate steps down the path. I recently came across this really cheesy uh, quote, story, whatever you want to call it. Um, Apparently, it was Einstein teaching a class. And I don't know if this is true or not, or if this is just kind of one of those things you come across on the internet, but it's, it's, you know, it's relevant. Uh, apparently, you know, Einstein's teaching a class and he's writing up a multiplication table on the board. And he, uh, you know, nine times one is nine then times two is 18, 27, all the way down. And when he gets to, it was nine times nine, he intentionally writes it incorrectly. Mm. And of course, people in the class jump at the chance to point out that the great Albert Einstein has made a mistake publicly. And his response was, yeah, you're right. I made a mistake. Interesting though, that I made eight correct calculations before I got to this ninth mistake. And the only thing that I am being judged on right now is this mistake. Think about that as you are 
going through life and as you are tackling problems that necessarily have to be broken down into smaller steps. If all you think about is that one out of reach step in this case or the thing that you haven't quite gotten back to yet, it's going to rob you of the joy and the legitimate progress that you've made on all those other steps. So bit of a, you know, bit of a cheesy story. I don't know if it's real or not, but I think it's really relevant in this instance as you've taken those steps along the path. Yes, for sure. And, and those steps along the path, I mean, I hope, I hope most people don't find themselves in the situation that Beck finds himself in at this moment. I hope you're happy and healthy and you don't have to make a trip to the hospital, get under the knife, any of that kind of stuff. And when, but if and when something like this does happen, it really is amazing, I found anyway, how much your priorities shift. Like what used to be really cool was, I don't yep. know, massive clean and jerk number, massive whatever it is. And then <laughs> you can't use one of your arms. And all of a sudden you're like, yep. uh, like you're no longer thinking about that. You're just thinking about life's daily tasks, functional movements. You're like, ah, oh, it would be so nice to be able to put on my shirt without help. It would be so nice not to have to brush my yeah. teeth with my opposite hand. It would be yep. like would ever be able to tie my shoes because my back is so stiff I can't get down there. Absolutely. Yep. So yep. getting you know one of the things that that CrossFit used to say all the time, and I do truly believe you know obviously you want to rehab things appropriately and all and all of that, but but a lot of rehab should be focused on getting back to your ability to perform functional movements because mm -hmm. if you cannot perform functional movements. Okay, yeah, you may not make it to quarterfinals, right? But if you can't perform functional <laughs> movements, your quality of life is going to take a hit that, no, that none of us wanted to take. So that big, I, I know we've harked, uh, I've been harping on this a lot, but that really comes back to the patience. Do it right. Mm -hmm. You've got this one body for the rest of your life, and I want to see you get back to 100% because big weights are cool, fast Helen times are cool, but putting on your shoes without pain is really cool. <laughs> as well yeah, going about Be, your life and being and able to feeling pick up your free kid about it without an, ele an electric yeah. bolt of pain going up your back yeah that's really cool so so take your time so that's that's my preamble before i kind of just give some rough cool. um maybe movements to to incorporate that you're perfect you know you're going to a physical therapist you're going to a doctor but these are just things that i've had experience with that have treated me well um I don't know if you want me to launch into those, if you've got uh, anything well, in your mind. Well, let's, let's take one more step. So we've kind of okay. talked broadly about, hey, big picture, you know, what, what should you be thinking about kind of mind frame? Um, let's drill it down a little bit more specifically before you get to the movements. And I've got some um, just key phrases to keep in mind a little bit before we get into the specifics of, of maybe what you should be doing, what you should be avoiding mm -hmm. for the time being. Um, first is when you're coming back from any injury, I'm a big proponent that you should gain strict controlled range of motion and comfort in that before you worry about dynamic movements. So strict and slow first, dynamic is way down the path. So that's, that's something to always kind of keep in the back of your mind as you're coming back from, in, uh, from injury. Strict and slow first. Uh, the second is fresh before fatigued. And this is one that's easy to start let slip when you get a little bit of progress under your belt where you're no longer in pain. Mm -hmm. You're starting to see a little bit of function return. There's a world of difference when I can pick up a kettlebell, for example, and I can I practice enough strict overhead 
movement for weeks, months, whatever, until that position's feeling good again. Then I can pick up that kettlebell and, um, you know, maybe I can start to dabble with the push press. It's getting a little bit more dynamic. I'm feeling good about it. But I do that set when I'm fresh. There's a world of difference between that and now I've just done repeat 400s and I'm mm. going to pick up the kettlebell and I'm breathing heavy and I'm fatigued from other things and it's dynamic. That is a lot more of a complex situation than most people get it, give it credit for, especially re, when you're in that kind of newly fragile state where you've just made a little bit of progress post-injury. Agreed. So to come back to that big, big picture, strict and slow before dynamic, fresh before fatigued, and really take your time before you start to introduce the other end of that spectrum. Dynamic is way down the road. And under fatigue with other elements mixed in is way down the road. Keep it simple. And that can be tough for CrossFitters to do, right? I know yep. he says that he's an aspiring CrossFitter, but we're so used to living in that, doing these movements while under some fatigue, while you're out of breath, while that, well, that it can, it can be let, tough let, to back up. Let's back, back up. Sorry to interrupt, but let's back up a second there. You're working out in your garage. You want to get all these different movements. I mean, you're a CrossFitter, man. You're not aspiring. You're yes. doing it. Don't let anybody fool you that you got to be, uh, you know, and affiliates, great. I, I, Man, I can't say enough good things about affiliates and coaching and all that, of course. But, hey, man, if you're out there doing it in your garage and you're pursuing these movements and you're doing it, you're, you're a CrossFitter. Don't want no reservation about it anyway 100 and you're right you're in that in, yeah. you're in that you described that interesting phase where it's almost like if you have an illness and the doctor gives you two weeks of antibiotics and after a week you feel good you're like i don't need to take yeah. the second half of the antibiotics i'm back <laughs> baby i'm back <laughs> and you're not you got, you've got to even though you're starting to feel good pump the brakes a little bit and, and make sure and make sure you, you go yeah. all the way there now, this should also go, on, on top of what you said is, is fantastic, this should also go, I hope, without saying, but the loading and the intensity should be appropriate as well, right? I mean, ratchet, mm -hmm. ratchet everything back, almost like a new client. We've done shows on this before where you'd like to have a new client come back the next day and report like, hey, you could have given me more. Like, you know, and you're yep. like, okay, good, great. You don't want to come back and be like, oh, I feel like a truck hit me. Especially don't want to do that with somebody yeah. coming back from surgery, injury, something like that. And yeah, not the time to test the limits. <laughs> no. And this might be tough to do. And it goes back into some of the mindset stuff. But as odd as it is, I would almost say try to enjoy the break. Like, let's mm -hmm. say your break's going to be 8 to 12 weeks or something like that. I don't know. Uh, you know, sometimes CrossFitters can just live under this. They have very high standards for themselves. And they're always living under this pressure of uh, Every time I do a workout, it's better than the last time I did it. There's always more weight on the deadlift bar. Like, and, right. and that's great, right? I mean, that pushes people, drives intensity, drives results. That's great. It's also exhausting, both mentally and physically, if you're doing it <laughs> month after month, yeah. year after year. So to, to be forced into a situation where, you know what? That's off the table. You can just, to some degree, don't worry about those old numbers. Don't worry mm -hmm. about those old times. Talk about a clean slate. Everything that you do now is a new PR, you know, because you're, you're retraining your body after a surgery. It's going to be mm -hmm. a new shoulder press PR, a new number of pull-ups PR. And all of those should be just as huge uh, reasons to celebrate as anything that you did before. So anytime that I've been injured, I've tried to keep that in mind. I'm like, look, pressure's off. 
just going to go in the garage. Yeah. We're, we're going to move. We're going to have a little bit of fun. So absolutely, that's that. So I've got I've got a laundry list of movements because of the dumb things that I've done to my body that I can just uh, <laughs> I can just kind of uh, read off uh, ad, ad nauseum. I think they well, all have starts- benefit. It starts just right at the handstand walk, right? Like that's uh, step one. It, yeah, exactly. You want to get that, that handstand after surgery, um, just go ahead and crank one out and try it. No, of course not. Yeah. Um, yes, let's, let's hear your list, Pat. I'm really curious as to uh, kind of where you would start with an injury of that nature. You know, and, and this list is not written out in a proper like chronological list from sure. like less difficult to more difficult, but these are all things that I've found had great utility and value anytime that I've tweaked my shoulders again, which I've done plenty of times in, uh, with motorcycle wrecks. And anyway, I have to tell those stories one time on uh, one of these podcasts for everyone to laugh at me. <laughs> Boz is a very accomplished motorcycle rider. I'm a very terrible oh, motorcycle, motorcycle rider. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of some body weight movements and Movements that do have loading, I like some single joint movements to to work back as well, right? I mean, so mm. I'm a big fan of something like, again, loading inf- and intensity should be appropriate. The Turkish getup, I'm a fan of kettlebell windmills just to kind of work a little bit of range of motion, overhead stability. Uh, classic things you might see in the gym, the, like bodybuilding style things, but you can also do them with bands such as front side and bent over raises for the shoulders a lot of people do those with bands these days for warm-ups inchworm push-ups um shoulder taps and i'm not talking like kicked up against a wall but even just like holding Mm -hmm. a push-up position taking one hand off the ground touching your shoulder each time uh shoulder press going overhead while the shoulder press is great i'm also a fan of just like a a one arm at a time like a seesaw press with some light dumbbells you know whatever loading is appropriate there uh, banded pull-aparts to some degree mimic some of those uh, the bent-over movements I said again with the dumbbell there. Ring rows I'm a huge fan of to get in some pulling and also I'm a huge fan of the ring row in general. I think more ring rows mm-hmm. in most people's lives are a good thing. And talk about something that's infinitely scalable as you progress yep. with your rehabilitation. All you need to do is move the position of your feet and you can make a ring row profoundly easy, or you can make it, in my estimation, more difficult than a strict pull-up if your feet are on a box and your body's parallel yeah. to the ground. So ring rows are great. I also let me let me let me interject a, right a little ahead. bit there before you before you continue with your list. I, I I agree with most of what you've got on there. I two things that I want to note. Number one, I cannot emphasize enough the power of the ring row, and especially um, for most shoulder injuries, I mean, obviously, you know, we don't know exactly what we're dealing here with here. Um, but that kind of retracted position, getting the lats and the rear delts a little bit stronger for most of us, that is hugely helpful to shoulder health in general. And so I'm a big fan of the ring row for that reason and a static hold at the retracted Mm, depressed shoulder position can be really, really, really good to start building up that stability again. And and to your point, it doesn't need to be at a really aggressive angle. It can be at a pretty moderate angle for time to start to develop some endurance in those those postural muscles. So big fan of that. Um, One thing I will push back on also have have, uh, from have had several bad shoulder injuries Mm. from uh, early days in gymnastics. I mean, when I was 11, 12 years old, I, I dislocated my shoulders pretty badly. And, and since then I've had 
uh, pretty loose shoulders I have to watch out, you know, to this day. Right. Anyway, point is uh, the kettlebell windmill that you described, I would be really careful with that movement. I think that range and that rotation that's involved in that range is something that you should take your time with. That's one that just made me a little bit squeamish in, in as far as like things to do in the uh, beginning stages of, of rehab of this. Sure. Great no, once you're back sure. up to, to full range, but yeah. I would just be really, I'd proceed with caution with that guy. Well, like I said, these were not laid out in a uh, in a yeah, chronological yeah, yeah. step one to step whatever. Yeah. And to me, that's a late stage. And yeah. loading and intensity, as I said, should oh, be yeah, absolutely because um, even like to this day with my bad shoulders, when I do kettlebell windmills, I use a sixteen pound kettlebell. Sure, that's yep. it. You know, and that You're just not, gives it's not me a, not a one rep max movement. <laughs> oh no, that just gives me like a little yeah. bit of feedback as to where my hand is in the in the sky and just that's that's it but yeah yep. no that's uh that's not something even i can't grab a heavy kettlebell and do something like that i'm sure there are people that can but that's not appropriate for my shoulders yeah uh, i also really enjoy uh kind of like walking in in a circle so if you have enough enough room laid out get in like the top of a push-up position and in the top of a push-up position imagine your feet are just going to stay pinned to the ground and you're going to shift your hands, shimmy them left and right and walk your body in a circle one way, then walk it in another mm -hmm. just to kind of get yourself moving in a different direction. Work all those little stabilizer muscles. I've felt that to be very beneficial because it's not something that we traditionally do. And it can be easy to neglect some of those things when, if you're coming back from injury. So I'm a fan. You can do that like that. You can do it in a pike position. You can do it with your feet on a box if you need to increase the difficulty of it, but I've never had to increase the difficulty of that. I've also had some luck with just working up like some farmer's carries and making sure I'm keeping my upper body and my shoulders in a good tight position. And again, gently increasing the loading and increasing the distance. Farmer's carries have worked well for me. And the only other two things I have on the list are the this would be down the road as well, but getting back to not even trying to do a ring dip, but just the support position on top of the rings, yes. the, the top position of the rings, good, tight, maybe your toes are just touching the ground, you're doing whatever you need to do with your feet, and then little by little, you're shifting more of that load off of your legs and up to your upper body, and just that static hold and getting that as rock solid as you can has worked really well for me and has been profoundly challenging after coming back from some shoulder injuries. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of supports in all positions. Uh, and again, it doesn't need to be light, doesn't need to be a real grind, but so, you know, I mentioned the retracted position of the ring row. To your point, uh, farmer's carry is great for that, kind of the inverse of the farmer's carry being the ring um, support. That's awesome. You can also try that from the push-up position once you get a little bit more uh, comfortable. That's another great support to work on. Mm -hmm. um, and then even a single dumbbell off of the shoulder in the rack position can be really useful. Not not just resting on the shoulder, but oh, just nice. holding it in the rack and then overhead as well. A light dumbbell held overhead, um, you know, not for max time necessarily, but uh, what's that called? With the emphasis of the, the some people call it the waiter I position. Like a waiter walk, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, but that I, I'm a huge fan uh, as a as a first step to starting to build that positional strength and endurance. Because really that's the platform for 
getting there dynamically. If you can establish a good position that's comfortable in the static sense, then when you move to that position, um, the groundwork is kind of already laid. So yeah, big fan of the supports. Yeah, and again, I'm, I'm always a fan of the one-arm stuff, but that overhead, that overhead waiter's walk, whatever you want to call it, that can also be done. Uh, I know a lot of people that have had really good success doing that with locking out a barbell overhead or a pair of dumbbells yeah. and just, you know, walking 100 feet with them, rest a couple of minutes, yep. walk back. And that's been a great head-to-toe strength builder, kind of helps build like a, a durable athlete, if you will. Sure. And the last thing that I had, and I don't know if there's a name for this. I'm sure that there is, but I don't know what it is. When you have a, you're going to do basically a shoulder press with a kettlebell, but you hold the kettlebell upside down. So you're forced to kind of balance it, you know, and then you shoulder press yep. with that. I can't do it with any sort of, you know, remarkable load that yep. look cool on Instagram. But even just uh, at a light load, forcing to pay attention to that has been good for kind of getting my shoulders there, my shoulders aren't great, but better, you know, better where they were when I've blown on my AC joint and done and done some other <laughs> things, some other things as well. So that's that's kind of my general list that has worked for me, that I know has worked for other folks as well. I'm sure it's not exhaustive. And where you should start in that, you know, might be up to you and your physical therapist and things like that. And like I said, don't rush into loading, don't rush into intensity. Mm -hmm. When you're just coming back, just practicing some of those movements. Uh, you know, and actually, even just getting back like to the kettlebell windmill that you uh, mentioned, when I was first coming back to some things, those were done for me with nothing in my hand. It was just my hand extended over yep. my head and uh, and it was challenging, yep. <laughs> you know, so yeah. that's that's my list right there. Yeah, and uh, I, I agree with, uh, like I said, all, almost all that list, <laughs> or at least the in-application. Yeah. You know, once you, you talk about the context, I'm like, yep, right there with you. Um, you know, the only other thing I will say on top of that is it's really important that you just stay within your own performance envelope. And that's probably the most challenging thing when you're coming back from an injury. I know we kind of touched on that already was keeping the reps and the intensity moderate, um, but you know, you've always got to be a little bit more conservative uh, and you have to be pretty objective when you're making an assessment. If you, you know, you start a set, let's say you've worked up to being able to do some pressing overhead, the position feels good, you're at that point and you've got a light dumbbell. In your mind, you know, I think most of us have a projected max just based on the feel of the weight. Maybe that's 10. I pick up the weight and I'm like, yeah, I think I can hit 10. Mm -hmm. Scale that back further than you think. If you think that the max sure. is 10, it should be eight today yep. or maybe seven. You know, stay well within that performance envelope and keep those wins coming. And those are going to build on top of each other to the point that you're back and you're doing the things that you could do before, hopefully. And in the perfect world, you're taking what you had before and you're building beyond that. Um, it's just going to take some time and the discipline to take the slow road and uh, lay those bricks accordingly. Man, I've stolen that saying since you said it a couple episodes ago. Of just you're just putting bricks in the wall, just putting bricks yeah. in the wall. Yep. You know, like exactly. They all all don't have to be literally spectacular, but when they come together, yep. And the wall solidifies. They got to be there. You're solid. You have to got to be there. <laughs> and and what's important to keep in the back of your mind is we're talking specifically about this individual's bicep or shoulder, right? Mm -hmm. And this kind of harkens back to very not random number five, the working out with an injury. If it's just that one side that's disabled and, and, and immobilized, 
You've yep. got tons of other fitness and loading and things that you can do with intensity, like again, done appropriately, that you will, with a little bit of knowledge and, and some resourcefulness, I think will be able to maintain a very high, respectable level of overall fitness while being yep. very kind and gracious to this one injured area as it comes back to join the party. So I would keep that unquestionably uh, that in mind as well. So. That's it. That's all I've got for Beck, to be honest with you. Yeah, me too. I wish him the best. I hope that the recovery path is uh, smooth and and everything that it should be. Uh, I guess the rest of it is going to be up to him. So hopefully we can uh, check back in a little bit further down the road and, and hear some uh, some good success coming out of that. Yeah. And again, like, keep us posted in the comments. That this is where we got this question or topic from. So as we say at the end of every show, we do read the comments. So we appreciate everybody listening or watching. Head on over to the comments on the BTWB YouTube channel. Go to the Very Not Random playlist. You know, leave a comment on the show. I'm sure most people have dealt with something happening to their body if they've been working out for 10, 20, or 30 years. So let us know in the comments what worked for you. Did you have any kind of lessons learned? What would you share with Beck? And, and now you know what Adrian and I think, but we very much enjoy learning from all of you as well. So dive into those comments. We appreciate everybody's continued support. For Adrian Bosman, I'm Pat Sherwood, and we will see you on the next episode.